Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Welcome to the Luck on Sunday podcast, a weekly audio digest of all the best bits of Luck on Sunday, free to air every Sunday from nine o'clock that brings you the best guests and insight from around the racing world. Needs a relatively little introduction. Here he is, Master of Seven Barrows, Nicky Henderson. How are you feeling with, I mean, um, it, yeah, uh, 10 days or so to go? Probably better than you are from where you've I'm, been. I'm fresh as paint. <laughs> fresh as paint. The flight from Riyadh landed at yeah. five, got home at six, had a quick shower, changed, came in here. That's Look forward it. to talking to you. Quick change of gear. <laughs> talk about national hunter horses so but it must be different it's it's very different it's very different we're going to talk about it a little bit later in the program but it's a it is a pretty crazy time of year anyway for you this 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 period leading up to Cheltenham. how different has it been this year with conditions and so forth and all the uncertainties thrown into the mix well it has been the wettest winter ironically after the one of the driest we ever had last yeah. year we actually had problems you know the ground the ground was nearly too good most of the time the places you you had to be careful this one, it's been since November. It has been... We've had nothing. Rather sort of said, there's only two going reports at the moment. It's either heavy or abandoned. Yeah. And you haven't got much else. Uh, do you let it bother you, or do you just say, I can't control the uncontrollable? You can't. And actually, I think there's nothing you can do, nothing anybody can do. They did have some all-weather all weather jumpers, bumpers the other day. We took one to Newcastle, which was a novelty, certainly. Not that I went, but... Um, and one. Um, but you know, those sort of things help us a lot. Um, but no, you've got to take what comes. It was an enormous, you know, to lose Newbury yesterday was, you know, it wasn't that bad on Friday, but it never stopped raining Friday night, and that was that. Uh, do you change your training regime at all, particularly with the big horses? I'm not, you know, one's got to be careful on even on our grass, which we like to use grass as, as much as possible, and we've got a lot of it, which is lovely. But, you know, it is, even that is now wet. Mm. Um, and one's probably gone using the all weather more than we would I don't say like to because it's perfectly good but um, you know I know what we're doing on grass and that's what I'd prefer to be on we could we, and then Thursday we were trying to school <coughs> um, and we got the first altitude jump five fences and, and the snow had come down and all of it, within five minutes it was balling up in their feet and so I'd got about six redundant jockeys. Barry had come over from Alan just to school. Um, so we had to delay that a day. It gets frustrating, yes, but you've got to keep working around it. There's, you can't... They were all worked this week. We took 13 to Kempton on Tuesday, mm -hmm. which was good. How did that go? Good. I mean, Barney's great. He does... You know, he obviously makes it quite a lot slower than it's what they the race. Clark on. of the course, Barney yeah. Clifford, yeah. yeah. Um, that helped. They all went well. Sort of, they, we just went two miles within in threes. But this is a now. This is normally the pre Cheltenham Kempton gallop is normally a quite a big thing for you, isn't it? You normally take some of the bigger names, and uh, you can start to get excited about one or two, or start to think, well, I'm not quite where I want to be. So, give us the inside on the Kempton gallop. Um, well, we, we were really taking the ones that hadn't run for a period a of time. Yeah. I, they hadn't had, Altior didn't need to go because he'd been to Newbury, and those sort of horses, you know, if they've had a run recently, what we were doing is taking the ones that haven't had or, or did need an away day. Yeah. Something just to sharpen them up and even, you know, just it, it does that sort of thing for them. But, the journey, the atmosphere. I can't say there's a lot of atmosphere at Kempton on a Tuesday morning. Um, you can make your own atmosphere. <laughs> you do, because it's, it's important. And it's, it's fun, I think they enjoy it. And, mm. and it's not as if we're trying to find anything out. We're just trying to get that one 
final bit, then they so those horses didn't do very much yesterday. They'll work again this Tuesday, and that'll be it. So which ones really pleased you coming out of there? Well, I, I think um, Pendant Hills was good, um, and... Um, you know, Barry rode quite a few. Rath Hill and Fuzzy Raffles went well, but I mean, I think he does love that. You know, you're probably taking good ground horses as well. Uh, Verdana Blue, she loves it. <laughs> well, she's, she's not going to get a ground, she, is she? She's, well, we'll come on to the ground, I expect, at another stage as far as Cholum's concerned. It's, um, but obviously at the moment it's, it, it's looking wet. But the forecast, I, I've spoken to Simon Clace this morning, um, and he has a better forecast than he had a few days ago. So he's actually hoping that the word good to soft in places might creep into it. Yes. I don't say that's going to help her down a blue, but she certainly enjoyed Kempton. And I guess she's got options. You can be patient with her because when the ground does dry up, you've got Aintree and you've got air and you've got the flat as well. Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, I had a, the, the original dream was to try and get into the two-mile race at Riyadh. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, we weren't high enough to get in, which was a pity, because that would have suited it down to the ground. So, the, I mean, the prize money was unbelievable. To Two think. and a half million dollars, you wouldn't have minded that. Well, you? it would have been, you know, Michael Table was kindly bought her when she was she was sold um, in December. Um, but she's still, she's still as good as ever on that surface. So the first horse you mentioned there out of the Kempton Gallop was Pentland Hills, who's one of five you've still got in the, in the champion hurdle. Uh, with his little wind procedure under his belt and with that piece of work, are you now quite hopeful that he can run a big race in the champion hurdle? He's run big races all year, to be honest, but he's only had two runs. Mm. Um, and he's, he's come to the last both times looking the sort of nearly obvious winner. Mm. Um, You'd have to say, has he sort of quite gone away from... He didn't go away from them, as one expected. And he actually got collared at Haydock. Um, there was no reason for a wind procedure. It was, it was just a, a Henderson hunch, if you like, that you do... He's never made a noise mm. of any description, mm. but you do have things that we'd sort of call silent noises. There was no evidence of anything, but I'm just... I'm not clutching at straws, I hope, but it was a reasonable guess. And it's so easy to do. You're only just... It's like tightening a screw, basically. Yeah. Uh, just tightening up the muscle in here so that the palate is stable. And so where does that now put him in your champion hurdle pecking order? If you were to have your private NJ Henderson leaderboard at the moment, who would be... Well, you've got to, if you took it on ground mm. and on the assumption that, let's say, it is soft ground, which I suppose we're, we're going to have to, you know, one's always said it's bound to be good to, on the first day, it's going to be good to soft anyway, because even if it was going to be good or quicker, yeah. he's going to make it good to soft. Yeah. Um, there won't be any necessity for that. No. Um, it, the, the reason you'd probably go um, Pentland Hills and Epitant in that, I, and call me Lord, he handles soft ground very well, yeah. whereas Verdana Blue and Fuzzy Raffles probably don't like it that way. So, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd probably say three and two like that, that Verdana and, and, um, and Fuzzy Raffles are going to be at a certain disadvantage. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Equiwell, Dubai. Welcome back. You're watching Luck on Sunday. Well, this is the part of the show where normally we would take a canter through some of the best of the weekend's action. In truth, our pickings are a little bit slim, no disrespect, because we lost Newbury yesterday, we lost Navin as well, and it's not been an easy time. Nicky Henderson remains with us, joined by Sam Turner uh, from the Daily Mail. Sam, hello. Morning, Nick. I suppose every cloud has a silver lining. At least your sort of tipping output has been maybe slimmed down and you haven't well, had to work quite so hard, or have you? You say that. There's still been a few days where we've had sort of four or five meetings when the supplementary fixtures have been added. Ah. Um, you never get too much subtle, Nick. Yeah. You know that. Here's a jumper's bumpers card for you. You bet you like those. Oh, they're brilliant. Yeah, they're so easy to solve. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you ever bet in the jumper's bumpers? Um, I had a bet 
I, I had three bets on jumpers bumpers. About Petit Jack last week, yeah. and he won, and the other two finished out the back of the telly, which I couldn't quite understand why. Given that they, they, they got good flat form, they should be able to lay up with you know national hunt yeah. horses. Didn't go a yard. But so they are just a bit of an oddity, aren't they? They are. Yeah, the tempo of them different, I suppose, and you know they jog around for a mile. I, I also sort of question the wisdom of having them around Wolverhampton as well. I, I didn't quite understand that. I would for agree with national that entirely. That's a difficult track. Newcastle is. It was a great track for us. Mm. Uh, proper galloping track. Um, we ran a couple at Wolverhampton and. I think we knew before we started, but actually, you know, if, you, if you're not in the right place, you've, you've yeah. got no chance. Um, whereas at Newcastle, you can mm. you can have a you can do anything you like. It's a very good track. But it also affects the flat horses, doesn't it? The, the next week because they have to harrow a little bit deeper, produce a, a slower surface mm. for you. Well, I think we were just talking earlier on Barney Clifford. We went to Kempton on Tuesday and galloped a whole lot. Of, we have done for about ten, twelve. I don't mm. know how many years. He does dig that up mm. for us that day and then puts it back down again. But I don't know whether they can, that, that they can tell afterwards. It's interesting to see what the times at Kempton the day after mm. we'd been there were. They might just have been a, a tad slower. The, the ground at Kempton has been quite slow on the poly track recently. The good news is we did get some turf racing at Newbury on Friday, as Nicky was saying earlier, and you, you bagged a couple of winners. We talk about Monte Cristo, in truth, didn't have an awful lot to, to beat, but you spoke quite warmly of this horse afterwards. I love him as a horse. I yeah. just think he's one for the future, to be honest with you. He had to make the running at Cheltenham on his first race and ended up, not surprisingly, having to do it again on his own. Um, he's just got a lot of furnishing up to do. He's sort of, he's quite a long horse, and consequently mm. there are two ends to him at the moment, and I think they've got, they need to join up a bit more. Mm. Um, and... He's a really good-looking horse. It's the phrase, there's a lot of light under him. When you saw him compared to the runner-up there, yes. he's got, like yeah. you say, he's got a lot of growing it, to do, it, hasn't it, he? He's lovely. Filling out. And, you know, he's already won in France, so it, it's not as if he's a novice. There was nothing to protect, so it was just win a race. He'll run again. Probably, what, won once, once more this season? I'd say he'd have one more run, yeah. Yeah, but he's, he's probably not at the festivals. I, I don't know about Aintree, but, I mean, because he's not in at Cheltenham anyway. No. Um, yeah, he'd go somewhere. He could go to Entry or Punch. He, he could go. He, like he, he's, he's got. He's won a couple of races now, so he's got you. You've got plenty of penalties. So yeah. there's no point in going. You know, you can't go in. Just drop in anywhere. And you've already said what you're going to do with Grand Luna. She's going to go to the fifty grand Goffs bumper. That's the where well, she was bought at Goffs yeah. at Dogster, um, and that's what I was. Um, experience counts for a lot, and I think with this under her belt. But being at Newbury as well helped. She proved she likes to go hand the soft ground. Um, and they went quite hard in this for a bumper, I thought. I, th I think it was, yes, they, they did go a good gallop. And she, she was always, the, the whole idea was to get her in the ruck and teach it about her. I wasn't too fussed about the result, as I say, because it, it is a question whether you really want a penalty. But... Um, but we weren't, we're not complaining, we were delighted to win. Now, I know you quite fancy a trip to Kelso sometimes, but you didn't go yesterday. I didn't. We had a few entries, and I do like going up there. I love Kelso, and they're great people. And But we had some in. We didn't expect Newbury to be off, to be fair, and we had some novice herders in, but it was going to be, you know, Anthea did say it will be... It so, was getting better, mm. but she had a whole lot of rain forecast on the Friday night which was definitely going to turn it back to where it had been, and we decided that we wouldn't travel. I mean, we'd, we don't mind travelling, but you want to be sure you've got sort of things in your favour a little bit. Mm. Well, it was a, a decent enough day at Kelsey. Oh, it was a very anyway, good card. A uh, mm. couple of good good winners. We'll start with Clondor Caitlin winning the Premier Novices Hurdle. Uh, this is a, a mare that's just going from strength to strength, and she, she was really quite impressive yesterday, notwithstanding quite bad ground. Um, from, from Little Acorns, mm. Sam, she's she's turning into a pretty good horse, this. Yeah, following the same sort of path as, as Mount Muse did in 2017 for, for the now departed, sadly, Malcolm Jefferson. And obviously Ruth took the same route, and quite rightly so as well. I mean, this wasn't a bad race of its type. Uh, the, the Nichols horse, Calvadorge, had, had won a couple of nice races. Cheddleton had impressed in beating Jabbar here the time before and, and looked a horse going forwards. And Sandy Thompson's horse, the runner-up, Elder Ray, looked as though he was very progressive. So the way that she's sort of travelled,
travel through the race and put it to bed on ground that was probably a little bit deeper than ideal reading quotes. It was a good performance. Brian Hughes was the man in the saddle. His lead over Richard Johnson in the Jockeys' Championship is now standing at 17. How do you see mm. it panning out? It's, it's intriguing, isn't it? I mean, 37 days from a broken arm. I've had the flu. It takes me three or four weeks before I run again. Yeah. So it's um, it's an extraordinary comeback, isn't it? Well, that's Dickie Johnson for you. I mean, he's had, you know, he he, he seems to, and like AP could, they 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 are the mm. toughest men in this world. And you know, how do they do it? I don't know. Well, I mean, but back in the day, I remember sort of Mark Bradburn coming back from a broken collarbone to ride Palashan, I think, at, mm. at Cheltenham. And he, his face, his complexion was the whitest I've ever seen of a human being when he came back into the winners' enclosure. He must have been the only jockey who's never even looked in any way, you know, exultant that he's won a Cheltenham <laughs> Festival race. The pain must have been excruciating. I remember AP being helped off one at Cheltenham once and when he got back to ride in, in, in no time at all. Uh, the man who is currently at the head of the jockey's table and has that lead of 17 over Richard Johnson is Brian Hughes, and he did ride Clondor Caitlin yesterday, and he joins me on the line now. Brian, good morning. Good morning, Nick. And things going relentlessly well for you. That that was a good performance yesterday. She's really starting to, to look like a pretty smart mare now. Yeah, um, as I said yesterday, it was probably a bold enough call um, to go there because she'd only run in, in mare's races. Mm. But, um, I mean, there was horses with, with listed and grade one form going into the race. Um, but it was quite testing conditions and she'd obviously... I had one twice over two and a half. She she stays well and um, yeah, she, she she toughed it out well yesterday. What do you think her future is? To be honest, I didn't think she would ever win a graded race. <laughs> after riding, so I, I'm clearly the wrong person to ask. But um, she's a mare that's improving. Um, she's bought by as I said, just the um, family friends of of my wife, um, and I'm lucky that they let me ride her. But um, yeah, I mean, she's improving all the time, and she surprised me yesterday, and I mean, I don't know how much more improvement is left in her, but let's hope there is, there is improvement in her. So if she's owned by family friends of your, your wife's, that's a that's a double score for you yesterday, I presume. <laughs> you, that's, you've got credit in the bank in mean, both, both senses. Yeah, yeah, well, I know that they're, they're really nice people. Um, my wife's grandparents, they're, they're, they're good friends with them and have been for many years, and yeah, it's, it's nice... Um, to ride them a nice winner and I say I've been, been all of their horses now so um, yeah it's good That is good news as far as you're concerned how how much do you have to kind of insulate yourself against all the all the championship talk and, and how much can you can you take note of it To be honest Nick I don't I tend not to try and read too much about it because um, like obviously people are wishing Dickie well and, and, and as I do but Again, I'm 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 just trying to do my own thing, um, keep my head down, and, and ride as many winners as I can. Um, it was unfortunate that, that Dickie got injured, um, and we were neck and neck all season until then. Um, I, I'm I'm just trying to keep my head down, and I try not to listen to too much of the what the public or the press are saying because it's generally um, it's negative towards me. So I'm not really. <laughs> I don't really listen to it, to be honest. Do you really feel that? Yeah, everyone, I mean, sure, everyone's saying, um, Dickie will do this and he'll do that, and no doubt he will, but, I mean, my agent and me and my trainers, you know, we've got a lot to go at for the next couple of months, so we're looking forward to it and, and, and we'll give it our best shot. It, it is tough, because he's obviously you know, he's an enduring figure and he's been he's been riding for... I'm not quite three decades, but not far off. Certainly, nearly a quarter of a century, and at the and at the top level as well. But there, there has been a lot. I think a lot of goodwill towards your success as as well. But um, I hope you take that as red. Oh, I do. Yeah. Look, I mean, a lot of people have wished me well, and um, it's amazing. Like when you go racing in the north, like people I wouldn't know are coming up to me wishing you well, and and it's great. Um, and look, um, it can only be a good thing. Um, I was relishing the competition yeah. at the time. Um, it was, as I said, it was very unfortunate for Richard. Um, but yeah, look, I do take the positives from it, and I'm trying not to, to listen to the, the negative side. 
Yeah, you got to you got to keep kicking. It's important as well for the, I think for the for the north and as a, as an ambassador for, for for jump racing in the north as well that that you push this all the way to the line. Yeah, um, look, obviously, it's good for the north and good for yeah, everyone involved. Um, but again, like we try to try our best. I mean, like like even when you look at Cheltenham, the north aren't too prominent. Um, but but we keep trying and um, hopefully if. Manage to, to stay in front. It might um, it might propel a, a bit more interest in the north of England racing wise. Anyway. And what is your best chance for Cheltenham Festival winner? Um, I've got a couple of rides. Um, obviously, Navajo Pass went and won the Summit Grade Two hurdle at Doncaster. I'm just not quite sure what what um, what race he runs in. He's in the two juvenile races. Um, he he won't mind. Um, and he stays well. So, um, but obviously, I've been unlucky that a, a few of like a few of my rides, um, obviously waiting patiently. Cloudy Dream, Windsor Avenue, they've just just sort of met with with, with niggly setbacks, and, and obviously wouldn't be going there. So, um, my book of rides will be will be uh, smaller than normal, I'd say. Can I go to, can I issue the klaxon to all trainers now? You've got a man on uh, that could be sitting in the weighing room for a few of these races that's ridden 132 winners this season and has ridden Cheltenham Festival winners. Brian, I'm 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 going to take my cut when they come your way. Never mind the agent. Um, I hope I hope you pick up a few more and and best of luck for the rest of the season. Very kind of you, Nick. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of good jockeys in it. In the south, they'll not want to be uh, jumping off their right, but it's uh, very kind of you. Thank you very much, Brian. Thanks so much. No problem. Thank you. There you go, Nicky. There's another. There's another possibility there when you've run out of jockeys. <laughs> no, we have teamed up before. Yeah, uh, successfully. Success, yes. Yeah. Um, that just he's, he's riding the, you know, extremely well, yeah. and you know, like like Dicky, they're going to go all out for it, and. Um, their agents are going to be working pretty hard, I'm sure of that. They surely are. It, it could work in his favour, though, couldn't it? You know, the fact that he hasn't, he doesn't get dragged down to Shelton to ride one, you know, in the Fred Winter or one in the, you know, the, the I don't know, the Pertex, etc. He should be picking up, uh, you know, I know he makes the good point. All jockeys are going to sit in the weighing room for a lot of Cheltenham, even yeah. the best ones, but unless you're Barry or Dickie But or just this Rachel year, Blackwell, when he's but, got a great chance of winning the yeah. title... I wonder whether he might just forsake a couple of lively Cheltenham rides for winning a title. No. And go to Huntington. Well, yes, yeah, Sedgefield, <laughs> Hexham, wherever. Yeah. yeah just yeah. for one year. Would you? I would, yeah. Would you? I would, I think. If, you've, if you're only... If, it's different if you're riding a 6-4 well, favourite in the Champions He's obviously going for quantity, not quality, so that's the important part for him, isn't it? It's been done on the flat, hasn't it? Mm. Sylvester does it, mm. you know, when he won. Um, I, I think it might actually work in his favour, because you imagine that Richard Johnson's more likely to be riding at Cheltenham for 2s and 3s and 4s, obviously much more competitive. It might just give Brian a bit more momentum again, because it's just stalled a little bit with the weather being as it is. Well, we'll monitor that to the end of the season for sure. Good luck to Brian, good luck to Richard. Let's talk about definitely Red, who won the feature race at Kelso yesterday. And he uh, he got the bragging rights on the front page of the Racing Post this morning with the magnificent headline from uh, Brian Ellison. He'll win the national. No messing around, Brian. He well, will win the national, definitely, Red. A headline writer's dream, isn't he, Brian Ellison? And, and uh, look, if it keeps... You know, a bookmaker saying there's going to be an absolute bloodbath on the third day of Cheltenham off the front page of the Racing Post, and you know, all well and good. Um, <laughs> great to Second see. Day. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, great to see. Definitely read and do this on ground that probably wouldn't have suited him ideally. He's obviously been beaten at very short odds at Kelso before now, so he laid that ghost to, to rest and. You know, it's got 10 12. What do they call it, Nick? A nice racing weight, isn't it? Yeah. You know, whatever that means. Um, but, it, you know, he's already won a couple of times around the entry track, obviously not the, the national fences. And he was favourite for the race, wasn't he, two years ago? Yeah, good fourth in the Beecher as well, behind Walk in the Mill. And unfortunate, probably to be hampered in the 2017 running, I think, um, pretty early on. So that put paid to his chance there. He's got the right profile, hasn't he? Gallop stays well, and he, I think he'd probably appreciate a bit of better ground as well. So we can we can put a bit of meat on the bones now because Brian Ellison joins us on the line. Brian, I I I don't know what your reaction was when you saw the headline on the front of the Racing Post this morning, but you probably got a good chuckle out of it. Yeah, and main reaction's all right. The wife's reaction was, um, uh, oh my God, look at this! 
So, <laughs> so you said you said you think you'll win the national. Why are you more confident this year than you've ever been before? Well, because he's a lot stronger now. I mean, I know he's already eleven. We've looked after him for the last few years, and he, um, I can't see any negatives. You know, because usually, usually when you look for a race, you look for negatives, and I can't see any. Uh, he stays, he jumps, he, he finished, he goes fourth in the beaches off eleven twelve. Um, he's only got ten ten. Um, he's got yes, yeah, no negatives about him. Then he stays. And he's in good form, which is a plus. Uh, it was, I mean, yesterday was hard work. That ground was actually very testing dead ground. And when you turned in, it was a headwind that was quite strong. So it was basically very hard work yesterday. And it, is there something in the fact that because he's a horse who's, who's very, very high class, but arguably is just shaded below Gold Cup class in the past, is there a, is there a sense that now you've got a clearer focus on exactly what you want to achieve with him. Yeah, he's a, he's a proper grade two horse. I mean, he's won probably five grade twos. And um, like you say, he's probably just that short uh, uh, grade one. But he's not a staunch. You know, I don't think a grade, a grade one horse would give him a stone. No. no but you, you look at all the horses we have finished in front of, like Bristol and Mai, and um, we'll probably be Bristol and Mai farther in the Cotswolds than Santini did. Um you know, he's got some solid form behind him. And this year, we've looked up in Southern National. Uh, he ran great race in the beaches. And then um, he basically on background again. And here, he ran really well, finished second, staying on strong. So, you know, he's, he's peaking at the right time. Brian, thanks so much. Best of luck with him. Thanks so much. Cheers. Luck on Sunday. Proudly sponsored by Albasti at Cruel Dubai. One horse whose career has come to an end this week, but he is, he is retired in one piece, is under so uh, an injury has, has ruled him out of Cheltenham and therefore Connections have decided to call time on his career. What remarkable career statistics this horse has. 34 runs, 23 wins, 7 seconds, and 10 Grade 1 successes, including an Arklin Orion Air Chase. He ran a Six consecutive festivals, I think. Ruby rode him 21. Uh, Ruby Walsh rode him 21 out of those 34 times and is on the line now. Morning, Ruby. Hiya, Nick. How are you? I, th- I just think this horse deserves, a, deserves as many mentions as we can afford to give him this week, really. And, and he hasn't really had as many mentions as he's probably deserved during his career. It's an amazing career when you look at the numbers. Yeah, I suppose. Um, look, he won a lot of good races, Nick, and... You know, some people sometimes horses get people get attracted to horses and they don't get attracted to others. And you know, it's only when they're actually on the way out that people think, "Wow, what a horse!" But we see that the whole time. I saw it with Hurricane Fly. You saw it with Sprinter Sacre. Yeah. I guess nearly be written off before he came back and got the real <laughs> affection he deserved. But that, that's just human nature. But the thing about Underso is he never really went off the boil, did he? I mean, he was he was simmering and boiling for most of his career. I'd say that was his problem with popularity. Because he never went off the boil, he was always there. People never missed him. Um, but he was incredible. And, and, you know, you always hear people say, what's a good horse or what's a great horse? But the difference between a good horse and a great horse is a sound one. And, you know, to become a great horse, you have to run year after year and be consistent to be considered great. And on the so I did that. I mean, the, the, the victory that really sort of seared into my mind is, I think, I think this is it now, when you won the Ryanair chase on him. I mean, he was unbelievable that day, and the jump at the last was uh, just extraordinary. I mean, have you ever jumped the last on a, on a horse at Cheltenham like that? Probably not, Nick, but it was the first year Cheltenham put a big screen in the best mate enclosure. Uh-huh. So you could actually see what was coming behind you. So I knew they were closed, and I knew he needed a jump. But, um, you know, that was just something different. But he was spectacular that day. I mean, we had set about kind of sitting him in for a bit just to see if he could make sure he get the trip. Now, he'd won a pre de Barca the previous year in Otoy over 2-5, so we were kind of happy he would stay, but we didn't want to go flat out all the way. And, you know, he, he kind of took me into the race through the two-mile start and was in front from well over, well over circuit to race. And when he faced down the back, he just latched on and went faster and faster and just kept coming <laughs> longer and longer and just about got there to the last ditch. So, did you just think, well, I'm just going to, I've just got to get, sit and enjoy this. There's no point in fighting. Jamie Osborne always said there's no point in two people fighting. 
there was never a winner. Um, so the horse and jockey are fighting. There's going to be no winner, so I just left him at it. And he just rolled, and he just kept rolling and kept jumping. And you're thinking, I'm going to run out of jumps, but like, he just got there at the last ditch, but he was brilliant from there home. And there's just uh, there's something very endearing about just his whole demeanour, just watching him now walking into the winner's enclosure, just a horse who just seemed to love it. Uh, how, how big an effort was it to transform him? Because in the early days when he was winning those novice hurdles, people used to say he was a proper lunatic. It, was, that, was that a fair description early days? I don't think he was um, ever transformed. I think with most things in life, age kind of settled everybody a little bit. Now, has he never settled completely down? Like a bit of age and a bit of experience definitely tempered him some bit, but only fractionally. And I'd say Willie did a super job training him because he was always on the edge. And he was a very easy horse to do too much with. You imagine a horse like him that's walking that hard every morning to try and get strike the right balance after what's the correct amount of work to do and not do. Um, it was a fair balancing act. And Willie always did that. Uh, brilliantly with him Virginia Bascom rolled him Tonic looked after him and they all did a super job with him Was he a challenge to ride or was he fun to ride or a bit of both? I think he, well, I don't think he was a challenge Nick because there was never anything no massive tactical decision you had to make on him <laughs> you pretty much knew what you were going to do like when you look down through the race card and you'd five or six rides you just have a under so he's going to be making the run or pretty close to the pace anyway so you know it, it was he was easy in that sense physically yeah, there were days you probably had to be a bit better than other days on him, even getting him to the start or out of a parade or things like that. But no, I think he was a, he was a joy to ride in. And a couple of falls nearly helped him. Like he, he, he fell in Turles as a novice. And then he was brilliant his next couple of runs. And then when he got a bit brave again, he fell in Leperstown. And he never looked back from that day. I mean, the fall in Leperstown completely taught him. And if you watched him landing, how quick he put his front feet out from that day on you know, made him, a, made him a joy to ride. Well, he's given us an awful lot of pleasure. We're looking forward to seeing you at, uh, at Cheltenham, God willing, and everything else willing uh, in, in 10 days' time. What's the latest, or... Nick? I haven't been watching. I've been out here mucking up. Say again, say again, <laughs> Ruby. What's the latest update, then? Uh, well, we're all systems go and just hope it dries up and that coronavirus doesn't strike us. I'll be getting a statement from the BHA very shortly, and um, I think it's we'll just keep our head down until we're told to do anything else. Happy days. Um, but I, 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 I don't want to let you go without giving you the opportunity to tell us what's coming up on the road to Cheltenham and when we're next seeing the next instalment and what the plan is for Cheltenham Week itself. Well, on the road to Cheltenham on Thursday with myself and Lydia did an awful lot of walking around to Cheltenham last Thursday. Um, <laughs> that's on this Thursday. And then during the week, uh, I think we're on every evening myself and Lydia to discuss how our selections or advice, how wrong they actually went. I'm sure that'll be the case. All right, I'll come and pour the drinks. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Equiwell, Dubai. Though it was bumped off the front page this morning by definitely red success at Kelso, the most valuable horse race ever run did in fact take place yesterday in Riyadh. $20 million for the first running of the Saudi Cup. And it was a, an extraordinary result. Maximum security, the horse who'd been disqualified from first place in last year's Kentucky Derby, was the winner in the hands of Luis Saez. In the colours now of Michael Tabor, because Coolmore acquired a half interest in this horse from Gary and Mary West. He's on the outside, the striped cap, and Saez is already hard at work, but he'd been shunted deep into the track by the horse in the red cars with the black cat, Mucho Gusto, the Pegasus winner, and he really had to dig deep. And this was a time where Maximum Security, whose path has been errant at times in his career, had to run hard and straight. And he fought off Midnight Beezy, who at the moment is in eighth place in the red colours, down on the inside under Mike Smith, more of which in a moment, um, <laughs> in really game fashion, Sam. It was quite an absorbing yeah. race. Yeah, weaved around like Franz Klammer, the leader, didn't he, in the last sort of furlong and a half. Um, went for home a long way out from what I could see, and much of... Uh, Gusto's just weakening, you know, just fading there, and the, the winner thrusts at him. But the, the second, um, he certainly didn't miss, did he, Mike Smith? Well, there was a, well, I was going to say sting in the tail, but to be honest, that would be a lazy cliche. There was serious censure for Mike Smith, the jockey on the runner up, because he administered 16 strikes of the whip to Midnight Beezy within the last furlong and a half, and that meant that he forfeited 60% of his. <laughs> of his fee or his prize money, his rider's prize money. Now, when you think that the prize money for second was 3.6 million, 
That means that his whip infraction has cost him two hundred and forty thousand U.S. dollars, which I think is going to be a record that'll stand for some time, Sam. Yes, that、um, that sort of. Punishment might just make one or two think twice about going a stroke or two over the limit. Well, we're going to talk about that in our talking points a little bit later on. But that was the news as regards、uh, Mike Smith. I don't think he was terribly happy with that. But I spoke to one or two of the riders last night on the way back, and they were saying that at every turn, the stewarding team in Riyadh, led by Phil Tuck, had warned them that these were the rules, and if you went over, you would get the according. Suspension and commensurate fine relative to the prize money. So it's difficult, really, to to have too much in the way of in the way of sympathy. And it's、uh, it's good to see that that proper stewarding as regards the whip was being was being put into action in in Saudi Arabia as well. Jason Service is the man who trains maximum security, and I'm hoping that he's going to join us on the line very shortly.、Uh, it is a question of. Poetic justice, isn't it? In, insofar as he is a horse, he was clearly the best horse in the Kentucky Derby last year, and he's now had his day of redemption. Yeah, my my knowledge of American racing, you could probably write on the back of a stamp. I know, but, I just don't want to deliver a monologue said, at this I mean, point. He's、um, he's been an exceptional racehorse, hasn't he? And it, you know, for them to win a big prize like that, the inaugural running is is incredible. And just the, the Coolmore operation, just they they don't miss. <laughs> they don't miss. They're just so savvy, aren't they? And, and as Nicky was referring to earlier on, you know, you were hoping to have a runner for Michael Tabor at the、uh, at the Saudi Cup meeting, but Vadana Blue didn't quite make the cut for the big turf race. Well, we'd spotted it、um, quite some time ago, and it was part of a. It was part of the plan originally, but、um, then it became obvious that she was. Just I'm afraid a little bit、yeah. too low in the handicap to get in. So you just need to get her up a few pounds, and she can go for, go for the race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and actually, if you if you watch it here, you know this is this is the, the the turf race that was run over the business end of two miles, and it was won by Call the Wind, who's a who's a very smart horse. Olivier Pellier, beautiful ride on the inside there, and the George Strawbridge colours, the white with the green hoop, so patient. And Charlie Fellows, Prince of Aran, running another belter in third, and Jamie Osborne. He nearly pulled it off again with Mekong down the outside. The old thief Mekong. How does Osborne do it? He's pretty shrewd at these things, isn't he? He gets、um, well when you go back to Toast of New York and and things like that. But fair play, he he calls you know it, it's brave stuff to go、yeah. for these sort of things and.、Um, and you can end up with the egg, egg on your face if it, in, a, in a big way if it doesn't go right. You've got to have a go at these prizes, haven't you? And that's where Jamie's very brave at it. And, and, and to say the staying divisions, if you look at it, even in America, they're not.、Mm. You know, we do have stairs and we do have staying races.、Mm. Um, I think a lot of the overseas countries don't tend to. Obviously, Australia does, but、um, they're lucrative. Yeah. And if you've got a horse that does stay, there's a, there's a lot of opportunities. And I think that's a really interesting one because you saw Willie Mullins had a runner. Yeah. True self yeah. ran with Frankie、yeah. Dettori on. We saw Prince of Arran. He's been、mm. placed in two in two in two Melbourne Cups. So it could be a fascinating sort of melting pot that race for all types of different horse. Yeah. And what, what was your experience of of going out to Saudi? Because obviously it's a, a country with it, a checkered. It was interesting and different, and and ultimately. Pretty enjoyable,、mm. um, and I'll I'll tell you why in a few moments' time. So hold that thought. First of all, I got Jason Service on the line now. Jason, good morning. Long time no see. <laughs> yeah, good morning, guys.、Um, how's maximum security this morning? Maximum security's a little tired. A little tired, <laughs> but is he is he sound? And are you, are you happy enough with him? Soundness wise, physically, he's very good. And he sculpted clean. No, everything was working good. So,、um, just、uh, seems to have lost some weight and tired, left some tea, which is to be expected. I mean, he ran his heart out, and and Louis had to be at him most of the way round because he was being pushed deep into the track by 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 Mucho Gusto. How how proud were you of of what he achieved yesterday? Oh, I mean, it's it, the whole last year and a half with、uh, with Max has just been crazy. It's been a whirlwind, and I was at the end of nineteen. I'm thinking, man, things might quiet down this year, but <laughs> it sure hasn't quieted down. <laughs> it's just got a whole lot louder. Special horse. Yeah, he, he's a special horse. He he is a special horse. He was very very tough yesterday.、Uh, needless to say, the question on everyone's lips is is will he. Try and, and and engage in the rematch with Midnight Bizu in in Dubai. What's your instinct on that? 
Um, you know, nothing's been finalized. I'm, I'm feeling that he may need some more time. I might not get his A race, um, but nothing has been finalized. So um, um, right now, uh, it's doubtful we'll make Dubai. It's doubtful he'll make Dubai. And then so you'll take him home back to back to the States. I mean, are you confident that, that he can he can have another decent season in, in back at home? Absolutely, absolutely. Just uh, I don't think it's fair to Max to to wheel him back in the twenty eight days after the way he ran, and then he runs fifth, and uh, you know, then you're like, oh, what was I thinking about? Um, like I said, nothing has been engraved in stone yet, uh, but I think, in fairness to him, he needs ample time where I can lead him over, and I feel good about that he's a hundred percent, and and he gives it his all. And just as far as as far as you're concerned, it was it was such a, an extraordinary emotional roller coaster last year uh, after the disqualification in the Derby, and then you know, he had one or two little health issues in the, in the summer. To to come back and and see him there, how have you personally managed to to hold it all together? I don't think it's hit me yet, really. I mean, I think when I get back to the states, maybe it'll sink in, but um, I'm. You know, doing my training chart with the born in Florida and New York, and I'm kind of like, you haven't really uh, sunk in yet, so. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Well, still to come on the show, I will be joined by the man who won this year's overall award at the Godolphin Stud and Stable Staff Awards, as ever. A wonderful evening on Monday night at a terrific venue as well, the Underglobe on the South Bank. Here's a look back on some of the winners on what was a fabulous, fabulous night. Shakespeare's historic Globe Theatre was a dramatic venue for this year's Godolphin Stud and Stable Staff Awards. Ed Chamberlain was a host for the glittering night on which racing celebrates the hard work and dedication of the teams behind the scenes of the sports stars. The event kicked off with the David Nicholson Newcomer Award. In the running were Charlotte Cotgrave for Mark Johnson, Bradley Harris for Andrew Balding and Kevin Skelton for Brian Smart. And the winner of the David Nicholson Newcomer Award 2020 is Kevin Skelton. My girlfriend, she brought me into, into racing, like you said, 14 months ago. She told me to apply after I rode a horse, maybe twice, I think it was. Um, and she said to me, why don't you go and, and go for a racing job? And it was just to do yard work. Um, when I arrived, they, they stuck me on a horse the first day, and then it went from there. And the, the team at home have just brought me on from there to where I am now. The contenders for the Leadership Award were Leanne Kershaw for Jed O'Keefe, Matt Nichols for Kim Bailey, and James Savage for Sir Michael Stout. The winner of the Leadership Award is Matt Nichols. If the staff are nominating you, then you, you, know, you like to think you're doing something right. And I don't know, you know, after been doing it for 20, 22 years, to get an award for your own work is, is you know, it's a massive privilege, isn't it? I sometimes think, what am I going to do when I grow up, you know? And, and it's just it's something I've always done. And I've been lucky that I actually love what I do for a living. The three finalists in the rider groom category were Hayley Ashcroft for Tom Daskam, Shua Patel for Stuart Williams, and Kate McCormick for Paul Nichols. The winner of the rider groom award is Hayley Ashcroft. Hayley, rider groom awards 2020. If you could bottle a feeling, would this be it? There's no bottle big enough for the feeling of that. That is just amazing. I am so overwhelmed, like everybody deserves it. But um, it's very special for the yard and everything to get such good recognition because they deserve it. The Stud Award was next, with nominations going to James Frank from Haskell and Valiant Stud, Patrick Mayen from the National Stud, and Keith Warburton for Shade Oak Stud. But the winner of the Stud Staff Award of 2020 is James Frank. I'm short of ways, to be honest, but I'm very happy. I'm very happy, and I'm, I think 
all the people that have helped me to get to this stage, they must be happy too. Because, you know, without them, there wouldn't be this trophy. So, yeah, I'm very, very, very pleased. The contenders for the dedication award were Shawnee Mulcair for Philip Hobbs, Andrew Stringer for John Gosden, and Philip Wright for Harry Dunlop. The winner of the dedication award is Andy Stringer. Well, it's, it's hard to explain. You know, you get down to the last ten, and then you get down to the last three, and then you come here and you're with some wonderful people. Everyone's a winner. But to actually get the trophy and, and be recognised for your dedication for 40-odd years, it's a little bit of justification why you're in this game. And these are our awards. You know, these are our, our awards. We go to the awards, press awards, racehorse owners awards, you get your jockeys awards, but these are our awards, recognition for the hard work that stud and stable staff do, you know, and every, everybody in there is a winner. Everybody that's been recognised and nominated tonight. And anybody that didn't win, the lads that finished behind me in my category, they should still be proud of what they've achieved and what they put into racing. Give us a two-year-old or a three-year-old, a horse to follow. Remember you... Barry's here, I can't say his name. <laughs> we, we, have a, we have a really nice three-year-old called Tunbury Wells. OK. He, he's a grand horse. How, how many do you want? No, one, one's good. One, one, one future champion's good. Thank you, Andy. The Rory MacDonald Award celebrates those who support the racing community. And the finalists were Eleanor Bowden for Scottish Racing, Rachel Chicky Oaksey for the Injured Jockeys Fund, and Simone Sear for Racing Welfare. But the winner of the Rory MacDonald Award for 2020 is Simone Sear. It's been a phenomenal day and just spending time with all the other finalists, it, it's just been fantastic. Um, you know, hearing their stories, hearing about the jobs that they do every day um, and the contribution they make so to, you know, to the industry. So it really, it's been a long day, but it's been fantastic. And so we come to the big award for the night. The winner of the 2020 Godolphin Stud and Stable Staff Awards Employee of the Year 2020 is James Frank. James, now the Employee of the Year 2020. The, the standing ovation, what did that make you feel like when the whole room stands up to cheer you? I couldn't believe it. And, you know, it's, it's amazing when everyone stands up and cheer the success. I mean, mine used to be just a name, and now when we talk of racing and racing awards, when you see my name now, it's no longer just a name. It's a name of a person that's won the Employee of the Year Award, and I am very, very pleased and proud of it. Is this an award you will share with everybody, everybody who works with you? Yes. I mean, I wouldn't have managed it without them. The people that I work with, they are actually the cornerstone of my job. Without them, there's no me. So as a team, really, we do very well and I'm proud of them right now. Are you proud of your own work now? I'm even more proud here. Yeah. I'm always proud every day I turn up for work, but today it makes a meaning to it. I've, I mean, I've always loved horses. I think having a trophy and realising that what I've done before has been recognised I think all I just need to keep on doing is putting more effort in, in you know, the same way I've been doing all along for the last 18 years. How will you celebrate this? I'll probably go out tomorrow and have a good drink. And here is the trophy, and I can tell you, I can exclusively reveal how he celebrated. He celebrated by going back to work the very next morning. I betrayed no confidences. James Frank, thank you very much for joining us here on Luck on Sunday. Congratulations again. Thank you so much. Thank and you. alongside Fiona McGlone, who, who nominated you for the award. So it's lovely to see you here as, you as well, Fiona. Thank you I'm sure everyone would agree, um, richly deserved. How's the last week been? Has it been business as usual, or have you been bombarded with... 
with lots of uh, lots of love and, and, and adulation, quite rightly. Well, there's lots of love and adulations, really, and uh, but it was business as usual. You know, the horses still needs looking after, and we've just been doing that. And many of the, the stable stuff could just maybe take a day off here or there, but if you're working in a busy stud at this time of year, this is your absolute sweet spot, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. You know, we like after the awards, we were back at work in the morning, even though we're feeling a bit tired. But yeah, there was loads of stuff to do, and we carried on. There's nothing had happened last night, but everyone else was in a good mood. Yeah. And this is, I, th- I think, maybe it's an underappreciated sector of our of our industry working as a. Uh, as one of the senior people on a, on a stud and, and a stud with sort of seriously expensive bloodstock, the pressure is high when you're you're foaling these the, these horses. Yes, you I mean you know you you tend to think that every horse is quite valuable. I mean, having its success in all these expensive mares and that we've got, you know, everything you've got to be articulate. You've got to be making sure that you can get everything done properly on time. And I, it was a it's a massive honour for me to be be part of the, the, the judging panel this year, and I. I just know everyone felt your dedication to what you do was just just absolutely incredible. What is it about the job that you that you love so much that really makes you tick? It's it's the love of the animal. It's the love of the horse. You know, when you when when you wake up in the morning and you go and see the animals and you see the horse that the animal that you love, the excitement that I get from doing it, it's it's it's, it's above words. Really. And we can we can have a look at you here. And you were at uh, Dalham Hall earlier in the week because yes. two of your two of your boys yes, are, <laughs> are now are now doing rather well in their second careers. A certain Golden Horn and, and Cracksman. That that's two proper superstars. Yeah, I mean uh, I mean it was, it was quite a good afternoon there going to see Golden Horn. The last time I actually saw him was when he went you know when he came to the yard oh, right, and, okay, and walking way. past us as close I got to him. I had a chance one year to visit Dali, and he was in the field. You know, it, it was nice to see him. But seeing him two two days ago, it was quite amazing. He's quite grown from what he was. He's a yearling, really. And I couldn't hide a picture of me standing with him. I was actually looking on my phone yesterday, standing next to him in 2013, and two, and, and, and two days ago, standing next to him, he's quite he's there, <laughs> and he probably wanted to bite me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he's, de- he's definitely fond of his new job, isn't he? Yes, he is. He is, he is. I mean, he's, he looks well. He looks well. And, and how quickly can you tell a horse's personality, what, how they might turn out when, when you're dealing with them in the very early stages? Well, some of them, they actually don't show much when they're still within their mothers. Their temperament tend to come out more when you win them, mm-hmm. when you take them out of their comfort zone, which is their mothers. And, you know, they tend to, that's when they try to show their proper temperament. And that's when you try to think, how, do, how are you going to manage each and every individual regarding their temperament? Because you've separated them from their mom. Now they've got to look for another companion, which is their friends or their, you know, their, their paddock mates. So that's when you tend to, to see when, when the temperament, their temperament really. And do you reckon you can, you can spot a good one? Because I know the big breeding operations like you all to kind of have the input and to score them and to say how, how correct they are. Do you, do you look at one and think... It's it's difficult. I mean, I, I, I actually look at them and just think, see them as individuals, and I don't really think it's, it's quite difficult to know that this is the champion. You might think he's a champion because of the brain or the, the breeding lines, but it's very difficult to, to spot one. We, I mean, we spend time with them, and when you're probably driving past, you see them galloping in the field, and you kind of think, that's the one. But most of the time when they go into training, they don't turn out to be that. So it's, it's quite difficult. It's quite difficult. If you could, if you could embody passion, commitment, dedication in in one person, it is James Fiona, isn't it? And that's that's why you put the, the nomination in. You can say it now. You were quietly confident this year. Yeah, I was very, very confident. But I would say it's very hard to pick one out of everybody because they're such a good team of boys. But James has a lovely story to tell, and it was well deserving winner. But it, it's. Not that he's a favourite or anything, but, you know, they all bring something to the table. Absolutely. It's a, it's, a, it's a massive team effort. And I mean, your story began in Zimbabwe, where your family were, were, were steeped in, in horse racing. But clearly, we all know Zimbabwe went through troubled times, particularly the horse racing yes. industry in the sort of early noughties. And, and that's why you, you, you came here initially. Yes. Was there ever any doubt in your mind that horses were the, was what you wanted to do? Well, when uh, I mean, I grew up and probably I thought, 
you know, growing up in the, in, the, in the farms and stuff, your father being a groomer, you go to school and all you're thinking about is a job that will try to lift your family up. And mm -hmm. I mean, education was one thing that you'd get in, and you know, you'd be thinking, if I, if I get good qualifications, I might do something else. But as I grow a bit older, in, in my, when I turned about 15, 16, my brother became, you know, got a chance to become a, an apprentice jockey, which kind of drove me, drove me closer to horses than I had been. I started going racing more because you were following I, him. Because I was following him, I was getting free tickets to go and watch, <laughs> <laughs> to go and watch racing. Actually, so I would go racing normally every weekend because there was free tickets for me to go. And then, so I went closer and closer. I tried to apply to to be an, to be an apprentice jockey. But they turned down because that year they were not actually taking any apprentices. And then when I went to school and I, f I didn't finish school as such, I thought, well, I'll, I better go work, work, work in the racing industry. I remember one, one afternoon, one of my friends that was working for this big trainer was a champion trainer in Zimbabwe then, Marilindri. His wife wanted somebody to help this guy with, with, with their horses for jumping. And he says, you know, do you want a job? I was like, yeah, I'm just sitting at home. Why can't I have one? So, yeah, that's when I started was quite good because the next morning when I started the job, the guy that was a farrier, when I was turning these horses out, he put the bridle on, 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 on this horse that was retired and he put it on and he gave me a leg up. There was me riding the horse, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the first day the first day of the job. So yeah, it's um, there was never any doubt from there. It, it came and found you as much as you, you found it really. Yes, I would think so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, yeah. And, and you came to Genesis Green and the Swinburns famous stud in, in Newmarket and then because of um, your visa issues you had to go back didn't you to, to yes, Zimbabwe for a couple I, of I, years. I, I, I did yeah so when I came initially I had a visa for one year which uh, Michael decided to extend for, for, for the second year which is the maximum I was allowed on, on that visa I was one so after two, I mean the idea was after two years I can go back to Zimbabwe or I can go mm -hmm. back to somewhere else and Michael said you, know, you can go to, to Ireland spend two years in Ireland, then you can come back here, and then, you know, you can carry on working. But it didn't turn out that way. You know, after when they tried to apply for the work permit for Ireland, they were turned down. So eventually, you know, I realised late December that I couldn't go to Ireland, and the only thing that was left was to go back to Zimbabwe, and that was it. And how, how dispiriting was that, and how determined were you to get back to, to Genesis Green? I mean, from the day that I was told that I couldn't get the work permit, I actually thought, you know, my life in Europe was ended. I really thought so. I mean, if it wasn't for Michael, I remember Michael telling me, he said, don't worry, you know, we'll try and do something. We'll try and do something. I remember going to, to his house to say goodbye. I actually thought, that's it. You know, there was no telling coming back. And uh, he said to me, I'm not going to say goodbye to you. I'm actually going to try and get you back. Ring me in the end of February, and I would have tried, and I did. End of February, I called him. Michael says, ah, no, we've tried, but we've failed. We'll try again. And uh, end of March, that's when they managed to get to get my work permit. And when I got that call from Michael's father, that said, James, we need you back. We got your work permit. <laughs> I was, I couldn't believe it. I was thrilled. And that was the beginning of the rest of your life? That was the beginning. That was the beginning. And because uh, because he, he, James is going to be too modest to say so himself, Fiona, but you can say it for him. What was it about James that made Michael Swinburne move uh, just heaven about heaven and earth, yeah, heaven and earth to get him back in this country and back working? Um, James is, he won't like me saying this, but James is a really engaging person, very calm, very easy to be in his company, very dedicated to his job. I mean, why wouldn't you move heaven and earth to have somebody like him? It's, um, he's, he is worth it. But only special people do that, and so... Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people that get lost in the, in the way, isn't it? But sometimes it's worth going the extra mile for people. And you've got a, a, a fantastic role at, at Haskell and Valiant Studs, and Mr Oppenheimer's stud has some, some fantastic horses, but the last few years must have given you so much satisfaction, seeing the black, white and red storm to victory in all these races. Well, I mean, I never used to watch racing as such on television. Did you not? No, I never used to, actually. But since, since those colours started winning, I've been watching... Every race of you know every horse of our, our of the side that runs, I actually you know we we stop work and we watch the racing. Yeah, it actually brought in the love of watching racing again. You know, seeing every horse. I mean, once Golden One started the winnings, we were all like going, "Oh God, that horse is running!" 
we're going to watch it. It doesn't matter whether they lose or not, but, you know, the love of racing kind of built up again. And, and yeah, I watch racing more than I used to do. And I suppose this is for both of you, really, the extent to which that success filters through every level of the operation and that really inspires people. And then, you know, the old phrase, success breeds success, quite literally in this in this case. Yeah, it does. Um, we're lucky with Mr and Mrs Oppenheimer because they really want their staff involved and want them to enjoy their passion. So we've, we've had a few days out at races and stuff like that. So, um, you know, to be part of it, James, is pretty phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I mean the excitement, you know, the talk, you come in the yard and everyone is screaming from one corner, did you see that? <laughs> did you see that? It's, 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 you know, you actually then think, that's our job. We're being rewarded with, this, with these wins, you know. So, yeah, no, everyone loves it. Yeah. James, does any of your, your children, have you got three three children? I've got four. Four. Um, <laughs> so you find time for other things as well. <laughs> um, so have they, uh, I wish I could watch more racing. <laughs> <laughs> have they followed your passion with racing? Uh, the, the older one is not involved into horses much. The second one, he seems to be more interested in it. I mean, he spent the summer with the open and grandchildren. And right. he, went, he went racing and actually he loved it. And then he managed to spend two weeks at Charlie Fellows doing work experience Brilliant. and yeah he, he really and he was with you the other night yeah that's yeah. what I so yeah he really, he really loves the sport so hopefully if whatever he's doing doesn't work out he might end up in, yeah. in, in, in racing Luck on Sunday proudly sponsored by Albasti at Cruel Dubai You've been listening to the Luck on Sunday podcast, the weekly digest of the best bits from Luck on Sunday, the programme that brings you the best guests and insights from around the racing world.